We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Roto Grinders? Welcome to the NFL Pick 6 Show, Week 16, down the quarter pole. We come down the stretch. Still a few more weeks. Week 15 just finished yesterday. And we're recording this, of course, on a... uh, You guys are powering on through, I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) I was writing up week 16 content during week 15 still. It was Mm -hmm. a lot of pain. Yeah. I, I have you seen your family? I know you had a tweet about like you have you seen the family since uh in the last few days or week or are they doing okay? Have you sent a a letter of some sort? Rumor is they're on Christmas break. I don't know. (laughs) That of course is the voice of Rich Rebar. You all know that. Sharp Football Analysis also joining us, John Daigle, NBC Sports, a good football show podcast. How about yourself, Daigle? Are you, uh, it feels like you have your tweets all the time with the longest season. This is, that we just, that was the longest week, right? And it feels like it hasn't stopped. This is all. It, uh, anytime, I, anytime I say that as well, I always love how Rich always follows it up and says factually correct. Uh, and so yeah. I will say right now, that truly was the longest week ever. Yeah. Uh, how did you guys do? Uh, did you move on in your season long? Did you crush in, in DFS? How did, how did it work for you, Daigle? It was a good week. Uh, had a good week in DFS. Everything we talked about, I played, including getting down cheap to Jeff Wilson, seeing that there weren't many other options and knew I could backdoor some touchdowns. That's why, That's the only reason, literally, you played Jeff Wilson, even though he did look as healthy as he's looked since he returned from injury. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah, double stacks with Rodgers. As we know, if you play Rodgers and Adams, not contrarian. If you add 1% MBS, though, where we talked about where the Ravens allow targets, now we're cooking with gas. Uh, had a Tyler, was in second until three minutes remaining in most of the mid-stake single-entry contest, and then had a Tyler Huntley team sneak up out of nowhere and couldn't even be mad because Tyler Huntley was an awesome play at 3%. So still paid for the Christmas gifts for the second week in a row, uh, going strong. If you had a fun time in week 15, just wait for this week because it's even worse. Huntley, especially if you pair him with Andrews, Andrews went nuts once again. How about yourself, Rich? How did a how did week fifteen go for you? It was all right. It was a mixed bag. I mean, DFS was fine. Uh, I didn't lose any money, so that's always a plus. Plus. Uh, and then like we were like 50-50 in season long stuff. There were some teams that were absolutely hot garbage, uh, especially one team that I thought was incredible. Uh, it just like had all single digit scores this week. That's just the way it went. But then I had some that were just so, so uh, pop off because that's the way this week was too. So, uh, we pick up the pieces, we go on to week 16, we try to make some championships and, uh, get out of here. The FFPC main event team I drafted were four for four footballs, Ryan 
Noonan and Connor Allen is currently in 73rd place overall. Uh, one with two weeks remaining, one time at God or whatever existence you believe in. Please. What, what does that pay? Uh, it starts out 1K to at 125. What's first place of main event, Reeves? Uh, 250? It's, yeah, 200. Is it, it might be, is it 500? It might be. I think it's, it may be 500 this year, 500K. Yeah. And we're in 73rd overall place, just two weeks remaining. No injuries or COVID. I don't want to say it out loud because we're kind of getting lucky right now. So, uh, yeah, we have a good team with backups ready to go, including backup cornerbacks and kickers because we stocked up before the last week of free agency. So, like, we're, we're in a good place right now. We just one time. We needed a little luck here for the next two weeks. It's, it's so it's like a rotisserie style. Is that what that's the way I understand it? Or is it the way the format? the way the playoffs work is that the final three. Yeah, the final three weeks, it comes down to it just a summary. It adds your average score and then your total points for the next three weeks. And then, you know, we even had a good week from, we had Tua, um, we had Austin Eckler, we had uh, Dalton Schultz in a flex because we had to start him. We had Jeff Wilson and like all the guys we had to pull off our bench, like went off. So we had a, we had a very good week, honestly. Yeah. You're trying yeah, to run right. into the Kamara game like last year. Like who's yep. going to give us the Christmas <laughs> gift of the six touchdowns. Uh, will it be Jonathan Taylor? I'm a, I'm just impressed. You found a team that's dodged, uh, you know, injuries and COVID and everything that's going on. You're like Neo from the matrix there. No, I, uh, I, I'm I, impressed too. I'm not Neo. I'm as shocked as you. All right. And this is your first time on the show. Uh, well, you're not aware of our format. We're going to dive into just a second. Of course you focus on the main slate. There are games on Thursday, Sunday night, Monday night, Saturday night. We focus on the main slate. We break it down specifically those three featured games, three featured games. After that, we run it back. Talk about our favorite plays, position by position, amongst games that we did not yet break down. The number one game that we're starting with this week is the Rams. The Rams at Minnesota. 49 is the total. Minnesota's a three-point favorite. John, I'll start with you. Uh, the most projected plays as far as pace of play, uh, according to Derek Cardi's The Blitz. I always look at that. 131.3 plays projected. It has uh, Cooper Cup, which I don't know. I assume we'll have money to pay for Cooper Cup by the time Sunday rolls around. I'm just kind of sort of guessing. We'll see. Uh, John, that's kind of a good place to start, I suppose. Cooper Cup, good. And in a dome this time of year is nice. And also a perfect run back as far as Jefferson as well. Nobody else is going to see this coming this late, right? This is kind of sneaky. Well, how about just being Cooper Cup? Even if he was outdoors in snow, what about if he's just <laughs> Cooper Cup? That's good enough this year. Uh, and also just setting up Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson, I don't know how many people are going to pay up at running back this week as well. Um, you know, everyone's already talking about the cheapies. It, of course, FanDuel, we'll talk about the James Robinson situation, but like DraftKings didn't do anything with James Robinson, bumped him up only 500 bucks. Everyone's talking about Justin Jackson, even though, again, we'll talk about him in a bit. He could have goal line carry siphon and not even matter, even though he is in a good spot. So I don't know how many people actually want to pay up for Dalvin Cook. Uh, so it's probably a situation where everyone starts their builds with expensive receivers, starting with Cooper Cup, and then going down at running back, which makes it really interesting as well. But just for the, you know, it's not even just the the Rams. Let's start with the Vikings here, because we're also off primetime flop lag with 87 <laughs> freaking yards passing for Kirk Cousins. And whether it's the primetime narrative or not, I have no idea. It's just the fact that if we get some pushback here, like it's not just a situation where you can avoid or fade Dalvin Cook. You can also go right back to Kirk Cousins and these spots we always talk about where the target share is concerted. Like we know where he goes. He only goes to Justin Jefferson and KG Osborne right now, assuming Adam Thielen's out. So whether it's 
productive or not, whether he actually produces, we don't know, but at least we know where he goes to when he does produce. And so just in fading Dalvin Cook, which again, we talked about, Reeves talked about this, the reason we weren't playing Rashad Penny, not only because you didn't want to play him in an anomaly spot after he had all career highs, but because the Rams have allowed 3.7 yards per carry this year. It's, you could say the same for Dalvin Cook, even though Dalvin Cook has averaged 30 touches in his last two games since returning for injury. But you can also say, okay, I can also get off Dalvin Cook and pay up for Justin Jefferson. Uh, I wonder, I, I know you don't do ownership on Wednesday, but I wonder where the field's going <laughs> right now since Justin Jefferson obviously is an awesome spot. You can skinny stack him with Cooper Cup as well, averaging 11 and a half targets in his last six games. And his last two target shares of 48% and 41% scored in back-to-back starts, but he hasn't gone over 80 yards in the last two games. So this is not a situation to where like when it corrects itself with that target share, it's a hundred yards and a touchdown. It's one where he literally breaks the dam. And so, yeah, I'd be more comfortable choosing Justin Jefferson significantly over Dalvin Cook, but I don't know where the field's going right now. So uh, I did run, and again, like Wednesday night, like you said, yeah. as far as running optimals and all that, take, uh, take that all into account. I, I capped my ownership percentage on DK at 60, uh, 60%. I capped my ownership on Fandle at 50%. Just get a different shuffle. And both Justin Jefferson hit both thresholds. Uh, Jefferson and Cup, 50% on Fandle. Both of them hit it. And on DK, same deal. Uh, things will, of course, change. But like I imagine we will have some money to spend. Uh, thoughts there, Rich, as far as uh, your big spend on the Minnesota side, would you start with Cook first or Jefferson first? And then, of course, you know, ownership obviously could come into effect depending on how things roll around on Sunday. But just as far as, uh, you know, optimal raw points, who do you think is more likely to have a better path to success? Is it Jefferson or is it Cook? Uh, definitely Jefferson. I mean, you look at well, we already know Jalen Ramsey doesn't shadow anybody this year. You know, he plays that star position. We don't know if Thielen's going to play, but even if Thielen does play in the three games prior to the four games prior to Thielen getting hurt, I mean, Justin Jefferson had 31%, 29%, 28%, and 35% of the team targets. So uh, that all still existed too as well. It's not like just these 48 and 45% target shares had the past two weeks need to be sticky. I mean, he was getting jammed with targets even before Thielen got hurt. Uh, The Rams actually surprisingly are – 25th in the league in points allowed to opposing wide receiver ones too, probably because Jalen Ramsey doesn't move around. Uh, so there is an opportunity here. They don't give a lot of touchdowns to wide receivers though, uh, which is the only thing that's kind of sticky. That's kind of been good for them. Like the entire season, uh, just a 2.3% touchdown rate to opposing wide receivers at second in the NFL. Uh, but they do, they will give up some chunk plays and splash yardage. So that leads to like Jefferson cook is more of just like the contrarian play like Daigle set up. I mean, there's really nothing from an objective angle, except for he's like the one guy to pay up for assuming we don't have Austin Eckler. Um, the touch share has been there. Alexander Madison's obviously been out the last two weeks, um, but he'll, he's still a guy that's going to collect a lot of touches. Even when Madison is there. So you just hope you get into the box uh, because the Rams run D has been good. The problem with Dalvin cook, he has the Joe Mixon kind of problem, right? Like he just doesn't catch enough passes. Like he's awesome, but like, you know, he is what six games this year or two or fewer catches. Uh, he's had more than three catches in just two games. Like he's just not catching the, the football. Like he was two years ago, last year, he didn't catch football out either. He's just been a, uh, you know, a touchdown Maven uh, until this season, but these are the two teams in the NFL. They're first and second in uh, passing touchdown rate in the NFL. So hopefully we get some fireworks. Hopefully that leads to all of our play count that, you know, Cardi's got projected uh, and we can get a lot of fireworks through the air. 
Alexander Madison saw it's so odd the way you mentioned Dalvin Cook, especially in the last two games, you know, with those high target shares. It's almost like the Devontae Adams effect where Justin Jefferson is soaking up everything. And we do have questions if it can keep up 40%. But like you said, if it, if it goes back to normal, like it was 30% before, so who cares? But even Alexander Madison had 16 targets in his three spot starts for Dalvin Cook. Whereas like, like you mentioned, Dalvin Cook, they're just not using in the passing game for whatever reason. Yeah, it's frustrating. Don, you're starting a stack. You're starting a stack in this game. You're starting with Stafford or you're starting with Cousins? Who's your quarterback? Cousins, knowing that I could also be crying Sunday afternoon. But uh, <laughs> I, li- I like the double stacks of Cousin. I still think KG Osborne's sneaky as well. Um, yes, Justin Jefferson out-targeted him significantly. KG Osborne finished with just three points despite running the second most routes as he's going to keep doing without Adam Thielen. But again, we know where the ball's going to go. So it's a, it's a good bounce back spot. If you can mentally get there, we have to see how the rest of the field shakes out in those mid priced receivers. Since it seems like we're going to get a few chalk spots around uh, other teams. We'll talk about when we get to positional plays. Rich, if you have a similar thought or a contrarian thought, or just a, it's kind of a coin toss and you can choose your own adventure. Both are perfectly fine. Also, uh, talk about the uh, the Rams, their backfield, Henderson and Sonny Michelle. Yeah, I'll probably in small field stuff just stack this both ways. See what I see if I can hit something at one o'clock, and then kind of move on from there. See what see how I need to adjust those teams uh, throughout the course of the afternoon. Um, yeah, the Rams backfield kind of played out like we thought. You know, Daryl Henderson had basically missed the previous two weeks. He had just gotten activated off COVID just uh, three days before the game. So it wasn't like we were really expecting him to do a lot, but there were also, you know, paired with the whispers of, you know, Sean McVay talking up Sony Michelle's interior rushing, uh, all that kind of signaled that it was going to be a Michelle night. And it was, uh, he played 48 snaps compared to 18 for Daryl Henderson. Um, he, he used that to his advantage and 115 total yards. This is a spot that we would look at. I mean, Minnesota 31, 31st in the NFL and EPA against the run. Uh, they have allowed 4.4 yards per carry to backs. That's 22nd. They're 19th in rushing points allowed per game. They're 18th in receiving points allowed per game uh, to backfields. Uh, the only thing that you, when you play Rams running backs, and you know if you were playing Daryl Henderson earlier in the year, but one thing you always have to remember is that the Rams uh, lead the NFL in passing rate inside the five-yard line. They lead the NFL in passing rate inside the 10-yard line, and they're second in passing rate inside the red zone. Uh, now that McVay's got his uh, his new boy toy and uh, Matthew Stafford, full confidence in the passing game in the red zone. When under Jared Goff the past two years, they're a bottom five team in all those categories. So we've got a lot of like the varsity blues running back going on with like these Rams running backs. Uh, you know, they better score from long distance because they don't get a lot of freebies. Those are all Cooper Cups. Nicely done with the varsity blues reference. Uh, same price, uh, incidentally, on, on Fandle as far as, Henderson versus Michelle and on DK, I think we have Michelle a tick cheaper. He's 5'5 five, five on DK and 5'7 uh, for Henderson. When there to add on there? Yeah, when Jay Glazer, like he doesn't come around often this year in particular, but uh, when he comes around, when Omar starts walking around the corner whistling Farmer in the Dell, you better perk up and listen. And uh, boy, did he lay that Sony Michelle news 10 minutes to line up lock out of nowhere. Uh, like in all single entries, even the two game slate, Sony Michelle was only 17% rostered last night, just because I guess because the news came in so late, but Jay Glazer has just been on it this year. Are they still doing that homage there in Baltimore for uh, Omar coming? I know that was a thing they did when the, uh, the actor passed. I think but, they uh, are for the whole, I thought they were doing it for the whole year, but uh, now they should, now they they got should stop it now. <laughs> yeah, they, they should keep that. Sure. It's now they're just disrespecting his legacy. Oh, Baltimore, if, you mean? <laughs> yeah, because they're bad. 
they're bad football. Yeah. They're, not, they're not very good. They got a fun even quarterback, the, though. Yeah, even though they do have Snoop under center now as well. So they have Omar and Snoop. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Didn't somebody, who was it, that tweeted out there was Snoop Dogg? Like they, they put the wrong, they it put was, Snoop Dogg. Well, who was it? It, it had to be rap, wasn't it? It was, it was rap sheet. Been, yeah, was of course sheet. it was. Oh, <laughs> It was someone who has never watched one single episode of The Wire. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, amazing. I will say, I want to play some Odell here because I don't know if you guys remember back in week four when we were on the Odell versus Vikings train. This is, I, I want some retribution for a quarterback that can throw it to him when he's open. Uh, so I, I want to chase my week four Odell points that I was promised in week four, and I want them here uh, in week 16. That's a stinky revenge, like versus like the, the, the corners are like, yeah, we, we shut you down. Well, I, now I actually got something that's capable of throwing the ball to me. Yeah, all right, I, I'm sold. Do we have to say anything about Cup? Like, what's to say here? Week 16, he might be breaking all the all-time receiver. The records. only thing bad about Cooper Cup is that terrible beard he had. It's like it. It's like the only thing bad about him. The, it's a, the very it's a first time beard. I heard him talk. Did you guys hear him talk before? I've never like the, yeah. one of the best players in all the NFL, and like he broke down that play. I don't, you know, you know the. You probably mm-hmm. saw the clip where he's mm-hmm. putting on the play. Yeah. And the, the, I, I, I never heard that voice before. I was like, okay, that's how Cooper Cup sounds. And of course, it was pretty cool how he broke the Well, the line. NFL is terrible at marketing their stars outside of quarterbacks. I mean, it's not surprising. Yeah. Like they're wearing helmets. <laughs> they're so like, they're lucky Patrick Mahomes. They're lucky Patrick Mahomes is so good. Otherwise, we would only know about his brother <laughs> and that he puts ketchup on macaroni and cheese. That's it. Oh, but, but yeah, I did you see his brother get dunked on on Twitter? About oh, a week ago buddy, or so? I, I saw everything about his brother. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anything else that's that's worth highlighting in this game? Uh, John, did you have a thought as far as like Jefferson and Beckham? Of course, you can throw those guys in tournaments, especially if you're stacking this game up. You want to double stack as far as the Stafford side. Anything else before we move on? This is clearly the best game, right? This is the best game in the slate and the clear and obvious studs. Uh, we we think so. Uh, lots of good games that could fail this week. I'm very nervous for football this week. I mean, did uh, anyone yeah. watch football last week? There's a, <laughs> a clear path. The failure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yes. true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But even like even like some of the most exciting games, I'm somewhat worried about. Like, what if Kyler's injured? Uh, what if like the Bengals Ravens game we're about to talk about? There's some really reason it could go wrong there. Um, yeah, you know Stafford has been good, fortunately, in back to back game like in back to back games against the Cardinals and Jaguars. Uh, this past game, you know, it took three quarters to finally get there. Nonetheless, he still got there. But yeah, hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully everything's good to go. In their last four games, even with one sprinkled in where Beckham was a part-time player, he's still basically matching Justin Jeff or Van Jefferson across the way. Three end zone targets each. Uh, 14 catches Beckham has to Van Jefferson's 13. The air yards, 20 more for Beckham, aren't enough to distinguish one or the other. And so, yeah, like you're probably playing Beckham for the higher ceiling but i do wonder if he has genuinely like only two or three points of a higher ceiling which should then make us more on van jefferson if he comes in 10 percent, 15 percent less rostered kind of like the mike evans chris godwin situation beforehand that we always ran into so just something i'll be watching just uh seeing where their ownership goes on sunday you uh you mentioned kyler he i mean you're forgiven he's not on the main slate he's on saturday night i had no idea he was potentially injured i, I have not looked at the saturday night slate is he, um, is he he, no, no, no. He, he's probably fine, but he did bang up his ankle on that very last play uh, of the game against the Rams. And then, you know, they look like shit this past week. So that's about it. That's my only in- injury analysis. Yeah. And they pulled them like the game was essentially over, but they usually keep the guy out. It was like an 18 point lead. Like, well, the, to the, go and, the game yeah. will typically be over when you kick field goal down 17 0 and 24 3. So, yeah, the game's over. Uh, they thought like it's Detroit. We can't lose. Something is going to happen where <laughs> things are going to change. And it just turns out, no, that's not how it went. 
Uh, you got anything else, Richard, or should we move on, move on to this? No, nah, I think that pretty much covers it. All right, game number two. Uh, interesting, because we talked about the the, the game with uh, the Rams and Minnesota, the most projected plays in the slate. Guess what? This one has the least projected, uh, according to Derek Carr's blitz. Despite that, there are some definitely plays. We'll talk about Baltimore. Baltimore at Cincinnati. Cincinnati minus two and a half, 45 total. We don't know about Lamar. You know, Lamar, by the way, if he if he goes, he's a uh, – He's 6'9 on, on DK. It's a really cheap Lamar price for DK. Of course, Huntley is uh, what? He's 6K on DK, 7'5 on Fandle, Lamar, 7'8 on Fandle. I'll, I'll throw it to you, Rich. Um, well, I mean, we're just guessing. You want to take both routes, or who do you expect to be under center for Baltimore come Sunday? If Lamar can play, I would assume that they're going to push for him to play. I mean, we don't want a, a limited Lamar playing on any level, yeah. though. I know that because, you know, look at his, the production that he has that comes from rushing, you know, 37% of his points are rushing points uh, on the year. He's also 25th in the league in passing points per attempt. So let's not like, let's not ride that train because, you know, as a passer for fantasy, he's on par with Taylor Heineke and Ben Roethlisberger. So let's not try to live that way. Uh, so we'd rather at least just have, you know, Huntley if, if it's going to be a hundred percent quarterback, but you know, it remains to be seen. He didn't practice today on Wednesday, uh, but we'll see what happens. And he, you know, he wasn't good when these teams played earlier in the season. I mean, they, they, the Bengals pressured Lamar Jackson on 45% of his dropbacks in that game. It was the fourth highest rate in the league. Uh, Lamar was just four of 10 passing under pressure in that game for 65 yards. He was really kind of awful. It was kind of like the start of like the downward trend for Lamar Jackson, like on the course of the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not really focused on him. I like his Bengals side uh, because I'm curious to see just what's going to happen. I mean, I remember the same conversation, Dean. You led the, the conversation the same way. This game's projected for the fewest plays. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, because, well, there's a couple of things that are in play here. One, the Ravens run a ton of plays because they run the ball a lot and they run the ball a lot with their quarterbacks. The Bengals don't run a lot of plays because they either run the ball three times and then punt or they score from 60 yards out, like in like two plays. That's like what they do. They lead the NFL in touchdowns from outside the red zone. That's why they're so bad in like terms of getting to the red zone. They're actually really good in the red zone when they do get there. Uh, but they don't, they're like 30th in red zone plays because they lead the NFL in touchdowns from outside the red zone. But remember when we had this talk about this game earlier in the year, we talked about, oh, if the Bengals want to blitz Joe Burrow, like it's going to be a nightmare. And, you know, they did that. They came out, they blitzed him 39% of the time. It was the third highest blitz rate that week. And Joe Burrow torched them. Since that game, Joe Burrow has been blitzed only uh, uh, only Patrick Mahomes has been blitzed less than Joe Burrow. Everyone saw that game and was like, nope, ain't doing that. Like, we ain't going to blitz him no more. Uh, so I'm going to be real curious to see what the, the Ravens do because they did not blitz Aaron Rodgers. They did not. They were like, nope, we're not going to blitz Aaron Rodgers at all. We're going to drop back, try to play coverage, have seven guys guard Devontae Adams, see if that works. So it's going to be really interesting to see if the Ravens kind of uh, adjust to what got them absolutely blitzcrag in that week seven meeting and like the rest of the league is adapted to not sending pressure at Joe Burrow um, in this game. Who is the the DC for Baltimore? And is it like a crusty old guy with his arms crossed? And hey, Wink Martindale. Is he stubborn or is he willing to say like, Hey, maybe I was wrong. Let's try something different. Do we know? It's tough. Cause it's part of like who they are. Like their linebackers aren't going to cover it. So like they kind of have to rush those guys. Like they're, like it's the way they built, they constructed their team, but they've had so many injuries in the back end uh, that it's just, they just don't have like the guys to play man coverage. So I don't know if they will continue to do it or not, or just who they are, but their personnel kind of dictates that they still want to use those linebackers 
at in, to rush the passer. Now you t- you talked about the Odell Beckham revenge game. This is also a Reeves revenge game since you did so well on this slate, which I understand week five seems like two years ago, but hey, we were successful one time. Yeah, it was, it was the last time they played. Yeah. <laughs> so what are your thoughts here, John? Your, your thoughts as far as how they're going to handle Burrow there, the, the defense for Baltimore, but it, nonetheless, either way, you can certainly play the angle of they're just going to do the same thing and Burrow's going to have a shot to, to really get loose. Uh, and his possible pairings, his likely pairings, your favorite pairing, I assume is Jamar Chase, especially for the, you know, the long ball. Uh, Higgins certainly in play. Boyd, I think, is kind of a distant third. I'm not sure if that changed throughout the season. Uh, is that kind of where you're at as well? Yeah, Boyd is popping up the last couple of games. Uh, the issue is, even if we get Lamar, it's not only if we get Lamar limited. Like, if we get Lamar, is he good? Because remember, he was bad at football <laughs> in the last month prior to injury. And uh, at that salary on DraftKings, like, I think everyone would then jam him in thinking he's a good player. And, and you know, maybe he is. And if he's at 3%, like, who could say he, he that's probably good ownership to roster Lamar Jackson, if no one else is going to, but at that salary, I do wonder like if anyone actually would avoid that. And so just worried about this game overall. And on the Bengals side, not just the blitz passing for Joe Burrow, but just the fact that this team has shown us what they want to do since they returned from their buy all year long, really, but in their last five games out of their buy, you know, they have the third highest run play rate on first down averaging just three and a half yards per carry this past week. They ran on 17 to 22 first downs. Uh, they're not an explosive offense. They just got by because the Broncos can't move the ball at all. And so it's just uh, it's just pretty concerning. Honestly, there are more ways to see this game going wrong than it is right. And early in the week, it seems the one that's going to catch steam. And so, like, that's why I'm, I'm pretty concerned overall about rostering players in this one. We'll see where we get to. I mean, when a receiver yeah. has 200 yards against the team and plays them again, uh, people are going to find an easy path to get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, not only that, but, like, also the, the slate breakers and Mark Andrews and Tyler Huntley the week after. And I do admittedly have this stigma to where, like, I don't want to go back to the good player unless you're Cooper Cup or Jonathan Taylor because I understand now that you have to play them. But like, uh, you know, one week later in a different matchup altogether, we talked about why we love the Ravens, the Packers so much last week. This week, like, we can poke holes in it. So I, it's just scary. Like, I'm, I'm really worried about this matchup, honestly. You like any of the running backs? Anybody for Baltimore? I mean, it's just, I, I don't like throwing darts there. Things can happen, but it's hard to predict that any of these guys for Baltimore, as far as the running backs, you know, like a Freeman or a Murray. Yeah. Well, the issue, the issue with crickets. Well, no, no, no. Well, the two games prior to last week, at least Latavius Murray literally only totaled five touches. Like it was all Devontae Freeman. But then this past week, they got Murray involved out of nowhere for eight more, for eight touches, including seven carries. And so, like, Devontae Freeman can get by as a sneaky, cheap pivot if he's the only one. But when Murray's even sprinkling in five plus touches, like that's not enough. Like at this stage of his career, you need Freeman to get everything. And so not for me. Uh, Rich, you weren't too quick to answer that once. I imagine you're not a fan either. That's kind of where I'm at as well, too. Feel free to uh, say. No, otherwise. I mean, listen, I'm not going to push anyone away for anything they want to do, but <laughs> there's no way a back <laughs> is going to make my player pool. <laughs> that's pretty much where I'm at, too. We've seen Andrews. Uh, Rich, Andrews has gotten loose heavily uh, in the last two games, uh, mostly with Huntley, or at least a a game and a half or whatever it may be. Um, Two of his three biggest games in the season, a ton of targets as well, too. We know how tight ends can separate themselves sometimes in the slate. 
Uh, how much is he a priority? Is he better, Rich? I mean, the sample size is huge, obviously, but would you kind of sort of somewhat maybe want Huntley if you're going to play Andrews? Does that make him a little bit more appealing or is it small sample stuff? I mean, the the intermediate like efficiency for Huntley has been really good the past two games. I mean, the low A dot high efficiency passes. Um, so, I mean, I don't have a problem, but I mean, Andrews has had, he's, he hasn't had fewer than eight targets in a game since week seven. So it's, you're, you're getting the volume you, you know, you're paying for. I mean, this is the number one tight end score through fantasy at this point. Kelsey on Thursday reclaimed it and uh, Mark Andrews is like, nah, 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 uh, bring it back <laughs> over here. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of, you know, what it's interesting is, you know, we talk about like the, you know, tight ends, but the, the top of the tight end position has been popping off to end this it's season. It's awesome. If you, if you have good tight ends, like, They've been going ham, like all these guys. I know Darren Waller's been hurt, and, you know, Hawks here, but all these other guys are smashing. If you made the playoffs, and you had George Kittle, Kelsey last week, uh, Mark Andrews, like these guys are go- these guys are delivering bombs. Gronk as well. Yeah, Gronk. Well, Gronk ran into I, the I know it was two catch, but you still got 12 targets. Like, you're going to be yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's – so, I mean, the tight end position at the top has been, has been hot. John, you got anything to add as far as Andrews? No, Andrews. Uh Fairly simple. If you play Huntley, that's who you pair him with. I understand people are going to chase the Rashad Bateman, you know, 50 routes on 52 dropbacks, one catch for five yards. Nope, nothing against it. Not egregious. No big deal. I understand chasing it. Uh, I chased Robbie Anderson for a couple of weeks. So who <laughs> who among amongst us? Uh, throw the cast the first stone. But, you know, I think Andrews is still like significantly the higher ceiling if you can get there, clearly. I feel like we haven't said much about Mixon. Mixon's playing in this game, right? I know he was dealing with something, but suppose I saw a note that I guess he looked fine or good enough. He was a full practice, full practice today. Shocking, actually, but full practice. They said he was going to be limited all week. And, you know, that's – I think he's in my pool for sure because that's how this game screws up is Joe Mixon goes off and it slows everything down. Like, that's what they want to do. They want to run the ball. And if Mixon's suddenly at full health, why the hell not? So, yeah, I think Mixon's a a really good pay-up spot. Yeah, and you say pay up, but it's not even like this exorbitant price. Seven five on Fanduel. We've seen a much more expensive net and six nine on DK. That's playable. Rich Mixon. I don't know. I hate playing running backs against the Ravens uh, so much, man. Fair. I mean, they, they jam up the box. Uh, they're what? They're number one in the NFL in rate of runs to go for five or more yards. Uh, the first time these teams played, Mixon, he had 59 yards and a touchdown. He got there at the end of the long touchdown run. The other thing with Mixon is that. I mean, he, they just don't throw to him anymore. He's not, he doesn't catch the ball. I mean, it's all, his ceiling is totally tied to the games that he catches the ball. A lot of people were talking about like the touchdown streak he was on, but no, look at every good game he's had in terms of fantasy. They all come when they threw him the football and he has nine games at two or fewer receptions. And in those nine games, he's been higher than the RB 23 in scoring just once. Um, it's, this has been his whole career, man. We just can't get over this hump to where he's used on long down and distances and used in the passing game consistently. And like, here we are at this crossroads again uh, at this point of the season, just com- complaining about him being an early down grinder and not catching the football. Um, it's frustrating. It's because he's, he is a good pass catcher. We got anything else here, boys? Move it on. We are moving on. Uh, the featured game number three, Tampa, Tampa at Carolina, Carolina getting 11 points. The total here is 44, which I would venture is probably the lowest Tampa total on the season, possibly. Just sort of a thought process there. Of course, Tampa without uh, without Godwin, uh, you know, that's going to hurt them a good bit without Fournette as well. Um, you know, this is where our cheapies are, right, John? This is where it kind of like makes stuff work. 
depending on where you're shopping, as far as Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, seven can Fandle, four, nine, four, nine on DK, uh, Ronald Jones, presumably the number one running back now, five, four on Fandle, five, one on DK. And then we have like, we'll start talking about Tyler Johnson and the guys like that as well too. But yeah, talk about this Tampa offense, uh, John and, uh, yeah, uh, Ronald Jones and Antonio Brown season, especially. Did you say Antonio DK. Brown is four nine? He's four nine on he, DK. He's Jesus four nine Christ. on DK, which is yep. yeah, like that's yeah. Uh, that's don't worry, <laughs> uh, don't worry. I've been frustrated all day because uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> four nine. I four, like I like you said yeah. it, and like it just kind of went by, uh, four nine, dude. Yeah. James Rob James Robinson's five nine. Antonio Brown four nine. Uh, Ronald jo- Ronald Jones even on Fanduel is pretty egregious considering their pricing. Like to put him at what is he fifty one hundred or fifty four hundred on Fanduel? Uh, he's uh, fifty four. But 50, they played on Sunday night, so I'm not. I don't mind true. that. Yeah, like Ron true. Jones snuck through because they played on Sunday night. I'm more upset by Justin Jackson's pricing on both sides because Austin Eckler almost missed the previous week, so it was already a warning for them yeah. to bump up his price because both sides jammed up. P Ryan. Uh, but four nine for Antonio Brown. Hold, I didn't even look at that. That's ins- yeah. that's absolutely and, insane. And what's what's most frustrating is that I uh, remember his timeline for his ankle injury because I've had people ask me this. Uh, the game he was supposed to return from injury was the six weeks of that timeline. They said four to six weeks. It was the sixth week, and so he was coming back. So he basically got an extra three weeks of rehab and like should be a hundred percent now at four nine. So ninety uh, percent Antonio Brown. Get ready to swallow that chalk. Nonetheless. It's interesting spot for the Bucks because, you know, without Chris Godwin, Tyler Johnson displays, without Mike Evans, Prashad Perryman, most likely in his place, assuming he tests out from the COVID list. Um, maybe, maybe they're not the team, especially against the Panthers defense. You know, we know the pass rush is how the Panthers stop you, stopping the pass as well. Maybe they're not the team we've seen that passes the ball at the second highest rate from neutral game script. Maybe they do even sink back to 10th highest league average, gifting more carries to the early down workhorse in the situation, Ronald Jones. And so that's the question I'm asking myself, like, is this even the same passing offense without the talent to pass? Like Antonio Brown's awesome, but Tyler Johnson and Brashad Perryman, you know, they're not Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And so I do wonder if it's still run heavy game script and back during touchdowns is how we get there in FanDuel and 20 plus carries for Ronald Jones against this defense. Like that's fine in this price on FanDuel in particular. And so that's where I, I start with this game and how I'm going to approach it. John, do you think Brown, is there any kind of easing in or just like, uh, yeah, like I know you just talked about it, but like how yeah. do you know? game action live game action is just sort of like it's different than practice and all that and you think it just say and he wasn't even getting 100 percent, but of course godwin and evans were there too but you think he just steps in and gets 70 percent of the snaps which is obviously that should be enough that should be fine especially on dk yeah. fandle a little bit different conversation but like he's the first player putting cash games probably one of the first games on dk and we we talked about it well how do you find the salary to get cooper cup like here's one of the places um yeah your, your thoughts as far as that it's not only that but remember like even let's just go back to week one against the Cowboys prime time. Um, Antonio Brown was a wide receiver one, even with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin healthy. Now imagine him surrounded by Tyler Johnson and Brashad Perryman. Uh, yeah. he, Brown has finished as a top 12 receiver in three of his five games this year and five of his last 13 regular season contests since joining the Bucks. And that was with all 13 of those games so far have been played with those two guys. And so now as the number one receiver, uh, Gronk of course is at full health as well, but now as the number one receiver, like, yeah, man, it's, it's, Sometimes it's simple as it's four nine. 
All right, jumping here, Rich. Uh, Brown, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Rashard Perryman. Like, uh, how far deep do we go as far as dissecting these receivers? Of course, Brown is in his own tier. And then, you know, I guess Tyler Johnson and Perryman, and then Scotty Miller is probably after that. Um, is it worth digging that far? Do we, I mean, we have to on this slate? And I guess we'll find out come Sunday. But as of right now, I don't know if we need to do that. But yeah, any thoughts there as far as the receiving core for Tampa? I mean, the Bucks wide receivers had five full games together, and Antonio Brown led the team in targets, catches, and receiving yards, and with four touchdowns. And he only ran a route on 65% of the dropbacks, which was 64th yeah. among all wide receivers. Now he's going to be a full-time player. We don't really – we have a pretty limited sample of him playing without uh, some of the Bucks guys, but in week 17 last year, Mike Evans missed the game, and he had 14 targets. Uh, I imagine we're going to see something similar also – and this is, you know, a small sample of him playing this year. When he played, he absolutely eviscerated man coverage, uh, which the Panthers play at the seventh highest rate in the league. 19 and a half yards per catch, 3.8 yards per route run against man coverage uh, earlier this season. So, I mean, four, four or nine is, is – I still can't get past that. I mean, even I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn, seven can FanDuel. Like, he's still pretty cheap there. But four or nine is like, there's no way. He, he should be in, in, in anything – like anything like like his cash he's gonna be 100 out he should be uh there's no reason not to, to not play him uh, at there's, that price the tournament guys are salivating though like for tournaments it's a very interesting fade and you know if he doesn't score a touchdown and he gets seven for 70 like, i'd much rather win. take my chances fading ronald jones at 5k yes. than antonio brown at four nine uh, on a Keith, full on a full no. ppr site we don't know Le'Veon Bell's involvement just yet, but just even this past week, whenever Leonard Fournette left the game, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn outsnapped Ronald Jones on conversion downs, third and fourth down, six to two. We've seen even in the past, going back to last year, Vaughn played the two-minute drill over Ronald Jones uh, when he was starting. So, like, Ronald Jones ain't catching passes. He's basically uh, Jeff Wilson in a be much better offense, which is fine. Again, on FanDuel, we can get there. But again, on DraftKings, like, there is reason to fade Ronald Jones knowing he's not going to catch passes. Le'Veon Bell was like talking smack to like Jake Paul like a week ago and he wanted a box of what was it wasn't that him I feel like that was him I think he wants he wanted to get involved in boxing he's like oh another team wants me all right let's go like I can't imagine he's gonna take a huge chunk but you, you never know I suppose well I hope um, it goes better for him uh than it did Frank Gore yeah <laughs> well uh, oh, then, no. it, then it did Le'Veon Bell like oh boxing wise yeah I hope football this time around goes better for, than it did for Le'Veon Bell with, what yeah, number Darryl is he wearing? Williams. He's got to scrap the 17. The 17 wasn't working. <laughs> I, no I wanted idea. to make sure. That was Le'Veon Bell, right? I think he was the one that was talking smack to one of the ball rollers. I he, he challenged the uh, fight. I think you're, you're talking to the wrong group of people. But Dago's right there about the, about the – just this this game could just be – I mean, the, the Panthers are already talking about playing multiple quarterbacks early in the week. Like this game could be – I mean, they, have, they already have a 17-point team total, and they're 10-point – home underdogs like that's i mean it could it could be a game where they're just like the bucks don't have to do a lot uh and they're missing a bunch of guys on defense too levante david's not playing uh, like it could be a game where they just try to get the hell out of here i don't know but with with brady's red ass getting shut out on sunday night like i, I don't know he'll probably want to come out here and throw throw for four touchdowns that was the counter right oh supposedly angry brady obviously his <laughs> I mean, weapons won't be as good as everyone and he's in theory like everybody wants to say he's fighting for the mvp and you know he's been a greedy gus all season long those one yard touchdown passes those two yard touchdown passes as opposed to just running it in um you know does that stuff factor in i have no idea but you feel like he wants to bounce back right we can create these narratives uh, rich is that real 
I don't know. Maybe, possibly. I mean, he's he's so. I mean, he's just he's such a like lemon after games when they lose and talks to me. All his post game stuff is so different when they win and lose. Uh, I could definitely see him carrying that chip for sure, but I mean, it's hard to quantify or anything. It's it, it's the Panthers have a good defense. Like they're not terrible. Yeah. Uh, so like that's the other thing too. It's not like they can just if, like it's not like Brady can just magically say I want to throw five touchdowns this game and like poof it into the air. Like the Panthers are still going to like be an aggressive defense. Uh, which could lead to some big plays, but uh, they're also, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, stopping quarterbacks, I mean, they just held Josh Allen, got there for fantasy, uh, but, you know, on, under seven yards for pass attempt, uh, you know, they're fourth in yards allowed for passing in the league, they're fifth in passing points allowed per game. So it's not like they're just going to like willingly like let Brady throw for five touchdowns too. The counter to that though, is that the Carolina's offense is probably going to put their defense in bad predicaments. Right. I mean, they're not going to do anything. They're, yeah. they're, I mean, <laughs> the Panthers are misery. Like it's pure misery watching any, any of their offense. Like, the, like for the last month, it's just, and, and it was prior when Darnold was playing too, that last, like we had one like game, like Cam, when he started against Washington was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. And then yeah. it's just been darkness. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if you guys are following basketball, but like Joe Johnson and Lance Stevenson are back. Like Cam is back. This is a, like, 19... like, even as someone <laughs> working grinding football every single day i feel sorry for the basketball people every time i look up it's worse than football it's, and it's every I day mean, every day world's smallest violin is playing for me but i'm exhausted i dug digging in the basketball all day today the last several days hey you, you only <laughs> have till june 2022 no big deal <laughs> it's been an exhausting day uh just exhausting week all, all together but again things can be i'm not digging ditches i'm not complaining so we featured this game, John, right? You picked Tampa Bay versus Carolina, but is there anybody on Carolina you can point to as a, all hey, right, it's this, a run back? This is the worst take I'm going to have. I hope you all are ready. Oh, uh, no. I, 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 I don't, if, you know, if you're going to play Justin Jackson, if everyone's going to play Justin Jackson, maybe I can get behind Amir Abdullah on DraftKings. Uh, you know, just in last week, you know, we know he's a pass catching back. 25 routes to Chuba Hubbard's 14. Also four targets in back-to-back games. Abdullah was the RB11 overall last week in PPR because that's all you need. You just need to score a touchdown. That's it. We know the Panthers are going to be from behind. Perhaps we take away Cam Newton's rushing equity for some Sam Darnold snaps because we've already been told (laughs) he's going to play. And so, uh, yeah, it's just a cheap pivot and genuinely the one I'm most confident in right now if everyone's going to play Justin Jackson. Rich, you want to... You don't have to you don't have to comment. We can just move on. No one needs to talk about how bad of a play that is. I'm just letting you know. And I'm sober. This is not Christmas. I'm sober. This is not David Johnson. Not not David. David. This, this is this is play is sponsored by David Johnson, but it's not David Johnson. I will say David you can't Johnson do worse. Like, you can't do worse than the David Johnson call. So that's true. I, he had 10 touches in 18 minutes. I was on to something. And then he got injured. Rich, you got anything as far anything at all as far as uh, there is, uh, is, there, is there any player that looks like you could potentially roster them or it's rough man i mean they're asking me to put some players on my team that have a 17 point implied team total <laughs> and might rotate quarterbacks it's real tough yeah it's it's really really hard and i know people like in their scripts they like they build in running backs i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna do that i will We'll say that we didn't talk about it, though, but I mean, the, the clear signal, I believe, though, that what we've seen is that with Godwin being the guy that's hurt and, you know, Evans might miss, too, but with Perriman coming back, it might throw a wrench and thing. I do believe Tyler Johnson will play the slot. He played it all last year when Chris Godwin missed, and he's built to play there. The reason 
he struggled when uh, Antonio Brown got hurt is because he was playing out of position. Like, he can't separate. Like he can't get open. So like he's he's built to play inside the slot. I do believe he's the guy that will get the biggest bump of the ancillary jabronis uh, that get the uptick here. If you're picking amongst Johnson, Miller, Perriman, and Darden, Johnson's your favorite. Yes. Right. <laughs> but Gronk should get an elevation, right? We kind of touched on him, mentioned him in passing. How much do we prioritize prioritize Gronk? Is he? I assume he's not going to be hiding in the slate. Um, does he become more appealing for you, Rich? Yeah, I mean, we don't have Kittle. We may not have Kelsey. Uh, so we're down to Andrews and Gronk and there's a clear, you know, pricing, uh, you know, there's a salary cap there. Well, there, there may not be a salary cap this week. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Especially because you know, everyone wants to play Noah Gray. Maybe pricing doesn't even matter this week. But I mean, Gronk's a different player than what he was last year. I mean, this guy's playing full time. He's getting a ton of targets. He's running those deep crossers and those overs that we like. I mean, last week it just didn't happen. I mean, you'll, you'll take 11 targets uh, from Gronk anytime you can get them, uh, no matter uh, the results. So if we can come back and get close to another double digit targets with a guy that has that much touchdown equity too, why not? All right, let's move on. Before we talk about our favorite players, position by position, I do want to thank our sponsor, Jock Market. Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange of buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money. Download now for a 100% deposit match up to $50 using the promo code GRINDERS. Now get this, if you do not turn a profit this week, Jock Market, they're going to cover your losses in your very first event. Download Jock Market in the app or play stores. Check out docmarket.com. That's J-O-C-K-M-K-T.com. Use the promo code GRINDERS, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S, for a 100% deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit. By the way, before we do that, shout out to, we're going to talk about position by position, position, by position players, but shout out to those that uh, partook in our chat on YouTube. Hit that like button if you're watching us on YouTube. Thanks for sticking with us uh, week 16. I asked them, I said, uh, we talked about good, bad movies. And I, I besmirched Saving Silverman. I said I actually like it. It's a good, bad movie. But Rhino says, I love this show. But if I ever hear Saving Silverman label is a bad movie again, I'm out for good. So I don't know, I don't know if Rhino's and, still with us or not. But uh, yeah. And remember, I corrected you. I said, no, that's actually a good, good movie. And Matt had a chalk answer too. Favorite bad movie, good, bad movie. Is that just a good, good movie? Or is that a good, bad Which movie? movie? Roadhouse? That's a good movie. Okay. <laughs> well, it's a good. Movie. It's ridiculous, uh, but it's. Good, I mean, right? I was thinking. I was thinking too after we had Dax as a spot, like because that's see, that's my wheelhouse. That's like when I grew up, like you know, yeah, uh, mid late eighties. That's my jam. Because like I was thinking, like all the Van Damme movies are my shit. Like Hard Target is like like Hard that's Target cool. where he grabs the snake and like punches the snake. Wilford Brimley speaks with like a Creole accent in that movie. Uh, <laughs> he roundhouses a dude off a motorcycle. Like yeah, that's. Excellent bad movie. Boxer, sudden death. Blood, blood sport. Blood sport was yeah. my favorite all, growing all up. Blood sports the chalk. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the chalk yeah, yeah. for sure. It's hard. Good. Hard okay. target was the one I kept always going to. It was the, the underrated bad movie. Okay, I just want to make sure it wasn't my internet. That's okay. There we go, Dean. You're back now. Am I back? Blind, I was Dean. asking, uh, uh, Rich, are you a Van Damme guy or are you a Seagal guy? If you had to choose. Uh, I was more of a Van Damme guy, but I didn't mind because, you know, Seagal was always breaking someone's forearm every movie. Someone was getting forearm broke in Seagal, in Seagal movie. But remember, uh, what was a sudden death with Van Damme where he became the goalie? Uh, he, he kills a guy with a chicken bone. He kills the guy with a chicken bone in that movie. <laughs> he had to find a bomb in the hockey arena 
And yeah. his way to get on the ice, I think, was to be goalie because you know you can't be wearing a mask. And but he go. was like a minor league goalie too. Like he had like a back. It was like his moment too. Like it was. Is that true? He was. Like, yeah. Well, isn't it? Isn't that not? I mean, I may be wrong. I believe part of the thing was he was like a failed goalie too. So like it was like his moment. Like he he got to make the save and then made the legitimate save. How convenient! Like that just works out like that. <laughs> John, you have a, you want to add to this conversation of Seagal versus? I'm just uh, I'm just enjoying. Him? I'm just listening. That's it. Uh, I was I didn't watch much Seagal. I don't know why. It just never crossed my path. Uh, was more or less just Van Damme for action movies. What was the movie Seagal like made with uh, DMX? Oh, not play it to the bone or something to the bone. No, something the, I need the to the watch. Cradle to the grave. Apparently, Cradle, Cradle to the grave. grave. Cradle to the grave. <laughs> Play to the bones like a Woody Harrelson movie or something like that. But uh, Seagal these days is like a, an honorary, he's like a sheriff for Louisiana somewhere. And he's, I think it's a reality show built around it. So uh, yeah, they ha- have at it. I don't know what channel it's on, but check your local local listings. <laughs> they don't sponsor this show. Uh, quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> John, we have a, a game in Houston. Justin Herbert's playing quarterback. Mahomes, who really knows he's throwing the ball to, but Mahomes on the board for sure. Jalen Hurts. He's got some legs. He's playing the Giants. Allen, not a great matchup, but it's still Josh Allen versus New England. Where are you looking as far as some quarterbacks we've yet to talk about, John? Yeah, it's just hard to discuss Mahomes right now. Uh, One, you know, it was early, but not even without Kelsey and Hill starting that conversation. Also against the Chargers, you know, they only got two drives in, but Kelsey only had one catch in that game before Durbin James got injured. So, I, you know, Chiefs defense, Chiefs offense probably still just fine, but not one I think scares me just yet. Uh, famous last words. I think right now, really, I only have while we while we're pending the Chargers offense. Jalen Hurts is really the one that sticks out. It's not a Giants defense problem like Dak struggle. It's a Dak problem right now. Jalen Hurts averaging more rushing fantasy points per game than Miles Sanders. Only Joe Mixon, James Conner, and Jonathan Taylor have more rushing touchdowns. So really, just a floor spot for Jalen Hurts in that game. And um, that's honestly like that's that's about it right now. While everything shakes out for me. Uh, what do you have for us, Rich? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Uh, especially now that Justin Fields looks like he has a hurt ankle. So that's not very cool. Um, we talked about, you know, Cousin Stafford. We talked about Burrow. If we get Huntley. Uh, yeah, I mean, it pretty much covers it. Herbert, very good. If you want to pay for him uh, against the Texans. That's about All it. Right. There, I don't have anything. I don't have anything cute at the quarterback position this no. week. At this, at this juncture, to, uh, you know, with Brandon Cooks out or perhaps out, we can't even tout Davis Mills again. I will say I am very, very much. I didn't think I would be this upset that Jared Goff might not play, but I've got uh, the sun God on a bunch of rosters that are still alive. And um, man, Tim Boyle was so bad earlier in the year. I don't think I could play him. I don't know if I could play the sun God at Tim Boyle. Is that is that the backup? It's not Blau, or is he not? A, I don't know who is, is the Blau playing, backup? or is it going to be Boyle? I mean, I don't know. I don't was, know. Was was Blau? I thought Blau was on the COVID list at that time. I could be wrong though. God, I, I hope I mean, Boyle was. Oh my gosh, Boyle Boyle was so bad. I mean, Blau You're was hoping bad. for David Blau. <laughs> yes, yeah. Blau was bad last year too, as well. But yeah, mm. he's not. Oh, he wasn't as bad as Boyle. But listen, the point is. I didn't well. think we'd be we'd be missing Jared Goff, but Jared Goff actually three of the past four weeks has played really well. Yeah, and um, I'm very sad, I'm very sad by his development. Don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can always be worse. Testing that theory. 
Uh, let's talk about some running backs, Rich. Uh, Robinson uh, potentially gets loose here against the Jets. I saw the Jets had a slew of players that ended up on the COVID mm. list today. We'll see how that goes down. I don't know. It's hard to speculate on a Wednesday night. There is a difference in price on Robinson. On DK, he's 5'9". Oh, yeah. On Fandle, he's what, like 7'3", 7'4". He's 8'2". He's 8'2". He's oh, okay. They, yeah, they don't he's... joke around. They do this, you know, every now and then. They don't joke around it. They did not, they did not wait for it. So the analysis, uh, Rich, is that uh, James Robinson is a good play on DK. <laughs> and on Vandal, you know, you can play him, but not a lock and load. Is that is that reasonable, son? Yeah, probably. 8-2 is a significant price bump. Uh, that, I mean, I assume that something part of the algorithm is like previous ownership helps bump it up too, but cause he was so popular on Vandal uh, last week. But uh, yeah, you play anyone against the Jets. Obviously, the ghost of Duke Johnson rolled out and set career highs. Uh, I mean, the same thing. I've, I Daigle danced around Justin Jackson a few times, but we just watched the, the Rashad Penny have the best game of his life against Houston. And then the following week, uh, you know, allow James Robinson to get there as the chalky play. Like, I mean, some of these defenses are just so, so damn bad right now. The Jets are just lost on defense. Now they're potentially going to have COVID go through this defense. Uh, it's, it's not like James Robinson is sexy, but Everyone gets there against the Jets. Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson just had 130 yards and two touchdowns on a team that can't run the football. And he got paid. He got signed. He's got to send like a fruit basket, right? Or something like that. Good for him. Um, Listen, that was vindication. This is the the year of the ghost. Dagle brought up uh, Amir Abdullah. Laquan Treadwell is out here scoring 10 PPR points a game. Uh, Cordero Patterson's like offensive player of the year. Like all the the dynasty ghosts are like back. Like every Dante Foreman is an RB1 now. Uh, All the ghosts are in play. John, if Eckler is not a go and it's Jackson, is it clearly Jackson? What's the split with him and like Kelly? It is clearly Jackson between the 20s. I'm worried that uh, Josh Kelly, even last week in outrunning Jackson two to one inside the five yard line, like is going to siphon goal line touches and then everyone will be upset about it. And it's like, no, we've already seen the evidence that this is what's going to happen anyways. And that, like I said, that's not saying Justin Jackson's not a good play. It's just a concerning good play since if Eckler's out, he would clearly be 30, 40% given his salary uh, a little bit higher on Fandle, but his salary on DraftKings to be four, two, I believe mm-hmm. fairly cheap. Everyone would go there. Just like we saw, we guessed it right, that Michael Carter being that price would get steamed because that's just what everyone tries to do. So, yeah, I think it's somewhat concerning that he would get out of hand. Who else do you have on your list, John? Uh, CEH, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens with Kelsey and Hill. I think CEH, anyways, is a good play just to have his most snaps and highest backfield touch rate since week one. Um, so maybe he gets involved a little more. That's what happened anyways in the passing game than Daryl Williams's past game. Maybe that usage sticks. It could have been just because uh, it was an anomaly game, but yeah, I like CEH quite a bit as a pivot, even if Kelsey and Hill comes back, that's kind of a way I was leading against this Steelers defense that now we've seen, you know, it's not just back-to-back games. It goes back all the way to six games. We talked about Foreman last week. That's, we try to attack running backs against their front seven. Um, Miles Sanders is still interesting. Yes, Jordan Howard could come in to put it away. We saw that on Tuesday night where Sanders out-touched Jordan Howard until the fourth quarter, 20-6, to six, and then 29 to the final drive when Howard iced the game with six carries on the, on the last possession. But – you know, to get to that point for Howard to come into the game, you still need someone to score touchdowns. Now, that hasn't been Miles Sanders at all this year, in fact. But, you know, if it 
Jalen Hurts can't score like every little bunny touchdown. Also, like what happens outside the five-yard line. So really, we're just hoping for touchdown regression, knowing Sanders has had 20 carries or at least 20 touches in back-to-back games. And then perhaps let's see what happens in this game with Justin Fields, but maybe David Montgomery, knowing he's being used as more of a pass catching back, despite the fact that Damian Williams has been back for two consecutive games. Now um, I could see myself attacking that too, even though you would be worried about volume in that situation for both offenses, since Seattle is just so freaking putrid right now. It's it's a where, where's Wilson going next year? I'm, I'm saying Denver. How about the, no, no, New York. Let's go New York. He's going to the giants. Does that work? Everybody go with that? Is he still good? Do, do the Giants want Russell Wilson? <laughs> uh, is, <laughs> is he just they, I mean, they don't even have a GM yet, so. That's <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, it's it's a mess. Like, Carroll or Russ, one of them has to – I mean, I would get rid of Carroll just because he's living in 1970 or so, but as far as his football, whatever. Uh, I don't want to get – I don't want to go on a whole rant. But, uh, hey – uh, Rich, g- give me some running back thoughts here. And the one that's interesting to me, and I don't know what to do with them because they have not been giving him a full allotment. Uh, there's been a, there's a line I remember here, seeing it was a week or two ago, talking about like easing it back on the veterans. We saw him just chilling on the sidelines a couple weeks ago in the fourth quarter. You know what I'm talking about? It's Cordell Patterson. Like in theory, this is a good matchup versus Detroit, but how much of a chunk is he going to get? Like if they give him two thirds, does he need two thirds against Detroit? Uh, I, I want thoughts on Patterson, Rich. Well, last week, everything went back. I mean, he he bounced back up. He went up to 62% of snaps, 62% okay. of backfield touches. It was his highest rates in a game since week seven. Uh, they just did nothing in the game. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was, yeah. I mean, if he's going to get that kind of usage, I'm more intrigued. Again, I hate to keep calling back on all these running backs, but, like, why the hell did they stop throwing the ball to him? I mean, he only had two catches, though. Uh, he now has 10 catches in his past five games three or fewer catches in each game after he had five or more catches in six of his first eight games of the year. Uh, that's the guy like Patterson was like, he's, he's turned into like a full fledged, like running back instead of like, uh, you know, the Swiss army knife that he was early in the season. And uh, we want the other guy back, bring, bring back the guy that was successful. It still looks so weird. Like the 84 out of the backfield all the time. And just, just always looks strange to me. Um, what do you have as a, who else is on your list there, Rich? Uh, did anybody that the John, uh, not cover anybody you want to double down on? Yeah. Montgomery sign CH is cool for a couple of reasons. If they just, if they have to like acquiesce and like go more of a running game. Cause the other thing too, that we have to remember with, with guys getting cleared. Cause I know it's like the new thing now, cause now guys can get cleared, but remember yeah. if we've seen this happen with a few players, miles Gaskin being the latest. You just, you were sick. Like if you come off, like you, right. there's like, not only we saw the Mari Cooper, like it's not, these guys don't always come back hundred percent like that week. So like, it's not like, you know, Tyreek, if he's able to play or Kelsey's able to play, there's still, it's still not a given. It's, it's the version that like they're, they're apex. So it's, it's just another wrench to like throw into things in this, uh, you know, this whole paradox of trying to figure out what's going on uh, this NFL season is just a new wrinkle now, but we've seen now with multiple players that when they come off the COVID list, they aren't on hundred percent. So it's, it's different for every person. Uh, also the Steelers lost another defensive tackle in Chris Wormley last week. So it could be uh, even, even worse for them. Uh, I mean, it's, they've given up 907 rushing yards the last five games. Uh, very much not your father's grandfather Steelers defense right now uh, <laughs> at, at all. Uh, I like Montgomery just because you can run skinnies with him. Uh, we only have two more weeks to play DK Metcalf. Uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go down doing it though. Um, oh, so, <laughs> I mean, how many? Like, it's every week. He should have had another. He should have 150 yards in that game last night. Mm-hmm. Like, Russ is killing us, absolutely killing us. But you can just play uh, yeah. Lockett again too if DK ends up being the cool kid play. But you can play skinnies either way with Montgomery and and Seattle de facto receiver you like. You got a thought, John? Uh, no, Rich is just about dead on. You saw it last night in primetime. Everyone rostered him, knowing he had the second or third highest ceiling among all wide receivers at a cheap price across both sites in that game, and uh, just didn't happen. And now this has been, you know, a touchdown call back, an end zone target that Russ missed last night, wide open two times, I believe, that Russ overthrew him. Uh, yeah, it's just something. It's a it's a variable every single game now. Two weeks left to go down. <laughs> I was watching a G League basketball in the NBA instead of watching this one. <laughs> I mean, I, I would love to shade you. I would love to shade you, but did you watch any NFL this week? It's not really oh, crazy. no. I, yeah, well, I watched the red zone. I was all with the red zone, of course. It's a pretty bad rule. Listen, was the red zone just tumbleweeds this week? It was the, it was the fewest amount of touchdowns scored on a Sunday with 10 or more games in 30 years. It's it's been rough, man. And then I literally, you know, it's like people say I literally fell asleep during the Tampa Bay game at night. Oh god, that game was that game. I just started I just started working on Sunday night. I was like, screw this. Uh, I I had the Ravens Packers, so like I was I was getting ready, gearing up. But every other football game, yes, there were only nine players that did good. And like the person who won the Millie Maker just happened to roster those nine players. That's it. Incredible. Uh, I did see that the ratings are still strong or like the Minnesota bears game was like the highest rated game in like 15 years or so. Uh, thank you. Gambling. <laughs> thank you. DraftKings. Yep. Thank you. Fandle. Yeah. Thank you. Caesars. Uh, yeah. The ratification of gambling across the country. 87 sure that- freaking passing yards. Like how do you reach that point? <laughs> we had two quarterbacks win last week. Cause once through 50, they won with 50 through 57 yards. <laughs> Five and completions. <laughs> and they won cousins. Once we had two quarterbacks win with fewer. two weeks ago, we had a core, a team win with a quarterback through three passes. Uh, this is yeah. the NFL. This is the NFL well, now. This is not a great product right now. <laughs> it's oh, it's, not... it's it's bad, man. It's flat out. It's it's really bad. Yeah, I hope I hope it bounces back. I hope it gets better soon enough. All right, people. Let's uh, let's talk about... You know, there are people clamoring saying that once this product is gone, like after the Super Bowl, that we're all just gonna in two weeks we're gonna be wishing we had more football. Let me tell you something. I will not be wishing <laughs> I had more 2021 football at all. I haven't watched Succession yet. I haven't watched Hawkeye oh. yet. I've, I haven't watched. Uh, um, I haven't watched Dexter yet. I, got I hear stuff. Yellowstone is good. I'm gonna watch I, Yellowstone. Yellowstone. I've got stuff to get to, man. I ain't worried about uh, any more Bears Vikings games. Your, your DVR is full. It's waiting to watch. Oh, you, have watch, you need to watch Squid Games first. Please put that atop your list. <laughs> oh, Rich, you really take a day off and watch watch something. I can't take a day <laughs> off. The NFL plays every day. You keep moving. Now they play every day. They play every day. I know. Now they play every day. I can't get it. What the hell, man? They're playing at Christmas. I can't even get away. Show, uh, by the way, the Dexter season's been a lot of fun, but Succession is just fabulous. Well, I love Succession, so I've been wanting to get uh, Fabulous. To I yeah. highly, highly recommend I've been trying to succession. avoid spoilers like crazy, man. It's dry. Uh, it's rough. It's rough in these streets. <laughs> I went Twitter dark for three days because I was behind, but I finally, like, on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday afternoon, I finally knocked it out, and it was worth it. Do yeah, your best to avoid show. those spoilers. All right, let's talk about some receivers. Um, Rich, you can you can throw some dudes uh, some dudes out for us. We, you mentioned Metcalf in passing. It's been a lot of fun for his shorter roster. Your boy Amon St. Brown, uh, five six on DK, six five on Fandle. Uh, you know Deontay Johnson. He didn't get his ten targets this week. Presumably he'll get those uh, 
bouncing back versus Kansas City. Who's, uh, who's uh, you know, piquing your interest here as far as the receivers? Well, I don't know if you guys heard, but there's a Hall of Fame wide receiver on DraftKings for 4-9. Uh, <laughs> can't get over that. Play that yeah. guy. Um, I do think the Seahawks guys are interesting just because, one, I don't think anyone likes to play the Seahawks guys, and they're playing the Bears, and it could be just like a slog. But, I mean, Chicago, they're 28th in the league in completion rate on deep throws. They're 32nd in uh, points allowed per attempt on those passes. Um, they're allowing a league high 9.1 yards per target to opposing wide receivers, a league high 7.7% touchdown rate. I think both those guys are in play. Uh, pick your poison. We know they don't ever do good together. Um, so you could run it back with Montgomery in your skinnies uh, that way. Uh, I don't know who else is even playing at wide receiver. Oh, Russell Gage has been pretty good. You can play him still. Uh, no problem with him. Uh, I don't know. Throw some other names out there. I had Russell Gage written down. Uh, if everyone is going to go Gabriel Davis, I, I actually kind of think if you need to save that Isaiah McKenzie's interesting. Remember mm-hmm. it, was, it was week 17, but last year without Cole Beasley, McKenzie played a season high 90% of snaps, led the team with eight targets and had two jet sweeps. So a high floor scored two receiving touchdowns in that game as well. Um, yes, Josh Allen has been miserable for his career against the, the Patriots. Bill Belichick has had his number 55% completion rate, 6.6 yards per attempt, but McKenzie, like a team that doesn't use a, want to use a running game anyways, they did so against the Panthers, but they don't want to do that. Like, McKenzie has a pretty high floor for a sneaky cheap play. John, I'm not sure if you're prepared for this terrible question, but like, nope. again, this is kind of an if fan and like the Kansas city receivers on DK Pringles, three, three Hardman, three, five Robinson, three K of course, pending what goes on with Hill, what goes on with Kelsey to some degree or a lot of degree. And then if Brandon cooks doesn't go, if we have Nico Collins at three, four, <laughs> like, are we interested? Like, what can we say on a Wednesday night? Do you want to speculate or just kind of throw them out to the ether and, do what you want with well, that. I, I know people are going to be interested in Nicole Hardman and Byron Pringle, uh, assuming they promote Nicole Hardman. I don't know if they would or not, but remember, like, it, he was being used. Like, he had the second most routes in the team in their first eight games before he got demoted before their bye. And uh, he was only averaging four targets per game because as an NFL receiver, you still have to earn targets. And he just, it's just something, even with the extra opportunity, he literally has not been able to do in his career just yet. And he's still very young, but not a player I'm excited about. Byron Pringle hasn't flashed a ceiling as well anytime he's been given a chance. So that's why CEH to me is really interesting because while everyone gravitates towards the cheap receiver pivots, I would just go the running back. And I think that's the better play overall. Um, yeah. And Nico Collins, I, I guess, sure. Uh, as someone who played Nico Collins on DraftKings last week, because I did get on Davis mills, who was, who finishes the QB 10, I believe, by the way, on the week uh, until that monsoon, it was pretty fun, honestly, but you know, it's is someone we need. Like, sure, you can get the targets down below since we would assume he's going to take Brandon Cook's targets, but also look back to even Cook's 22-yard touchdown. Like, that was a screen that Cook's wormed in between tacklers. Like, Nico Collins can't do that. So, I don't know. It's 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 not like the same – not the same type of targets. Nico Collins also was hurt, uh, played – only ran around in 55% of the dropbacks. Uh, got to monitor him, make sure he's full strength. Also on DraftKings, like if you're messing around with any of those guys, why not just play like Juan Treadwell at 3-5? Like yep. a dude that's actually getting targets and has gotten there the last four weeks at that price. It's not like he's getting there in totality because he's still attached to Trevor Lawrence. Um, but three, he's 3-5. Like if you're going to go 3-3 Pringle or 3-4 Nico Collins and, and just hope to get nine targets, why not just play the guy that's getting the targets at 3-5? 
I played Marvin Jones and like knowing Laquan Treadwell still like was the guy. I was like, ah, maybe there's usage change. Little did I know that Daryl Bevel like wouldn't even be calling plays. It would be Schottenheimer. So like, although there was a coaching change, there was not really a, a play calling change. Schottenheimer's like the reason, you know, he was fired in Seattle for a reason. So yeah, it did not go well with Marvin Jones. Rich, well, that game too, like oh, that game had yeah. like a crazy, like uh like two quarter, like downpour. Then like the passing game just died for yep. both sides. No one could throw downfield uh, for the remainder of that game. Uh, it was gross. It just got real gross. Cause I bet the over in that game and I had to sweat that thing out until cooks bailed me out at the end. Uh, Rich, any tight ends that uh, jump on the page for you this week? Uh, we talked about, you know, Andrews who knows about Kelsey. We'll see. Stay tuned. I mean, you're not, you're not even want to hear the name. The first name that's like hitting optimals right now in DK at 30%. Uh, he's failed us so much this year. Yeah. Kyle Pitts, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, so, I mean, so listen, only two more weeks to play Kyle Pitts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> get it in. Get it. Get that. Try to get that second touchdown in. Hey, they, you know, uh, the, the first drive of the game, the 49ers, uh, to Mike Lacey fumbles the kickoff. The Falcons are like going in to try to punch this thing in. And they, the first pass they throw in the end zone goes to Lee Smith. And I'm like, <laughs> like, what? Like, yes, this team, this team. And like, Pitts was blocking, right? Pitts was like, in the field he, of blocking, correct? I mean, he, they threw to Lee Smith. They dialed the play to Lee Smith. The week before, they dial up a designed call to Hayden Hurst. They did throw to Pitts in the end zone in the fourth down play call, luckily. But when they got dialed up that play to Lee Smith, I just could could do anything but just like eternally laugh. Like this is the this is like what's going on here. Like it's hilarious. But hey, listen, he uh he's got 20% of team targets over the last eight games. The Lions suck. Uh you only got two weeks left to play him. If 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 not here, uh why not? This is why not, man. But I I believe he is popping though, because uh the matchup and the amount of targets he gets. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check Fandle in a second, see what they have over there. Uh Pitts is well on Fandle, of course, because why not? um conklin right after is the second guy for what it's worth and again this is wednesday night who knows stay tuned um you know john tight ends you have a thought on pits are you I, i'm just it's i'm beating i'm a beaten down it's just too much uh, <laughs> i surrender man no no thoughts on pits uh yeah you either play him or don't and uh, i choose not to and it's worked <laughs> out well in my dfs career so far at least for this year uh, Goddard got the Tuesday night price bump. So, you know, even after back-to-back career highs and receiving yards, um, elite usage nonetheless as well. Like Goddard at 5'9 on FanDuel, still pretty freaking cheap for his ceiling. I imagine that's where a lot of people will go. And then let's see how the COVID thing shakes out. But the unfortunate Donald Parham injury, not to mention like Jalen Guyton missing, um, maybe a little bit of Jerry Cook here mixed in as well. Oh boy. There it is. I was yes. wondering who the cheapie was. Like, That's who is, it. is that? Is that the Who's best cheapie cheapy we have to consider? I mean, um, it is. It is the Texans. Like, for all the reasons we're playing Justin Jackson, why the hell am I not playing Jared Cook? <laughs> Trying week to fi- it's who week fifteen. The- no, week sixteen actually. Yeah. Is there a backup tight end on Kansas City we can like put like just in the Everyone's, conversation? They're going to play Noah Gray, and it's not going to go well. Ha- having said that, I will say. He is the only other tight end. They don't even have another tight end on their practice squad right now since Jody Fordson, who beat out Noah Gray initially. Remember, they were healthy scratching Noah Gray because Fordson was an actual red zone threat. Uh, he's injured as well. I believe he returned to practice. He's eligible to come off injured reserve, so maybe he's in there, which would screw it all up. But if he's out no, and Kelsey scratched, Noah Gray is literally the only tight end in the roster. 
Is the belldozer not not uh, COVID list. He's a like kind of fullback. Oh, he's oh, oh yeah, I didn't see that. COVID. <laughs> I missed that one too. He's also right, more of a blocker. Uh, the thing about yeah. Noah Gray too is at Duke, he he ran uh, seventy two percent of his routes as a senior out of the slot. So he was even like a real tight end. So, I mean, it does make sense. He's more of a receiver. That's probably why he doesn't play now because he's you know like all these guys they're just trying to adjust in the NFL, learning how mm-hmm. to like oh yeah, I have to block dudes up here. Like oh yeah. okay. Um, but yeah, he was literally just a slot receiver at Duke. We're going to call it. That's the show, right? That's it. We're going to finish on <laughs> Noah Gray. <laughs> I think that's the old Georgia stanza. I mean, did you want a Zach Ohio. Gentry take? <laughs> if you have one, by all I means. Don't. He's just really tall. <laughs> He's also going to play every snap. That's your take. <laughs> He's really tall. Actually He's tall. <laughs> yeah, he, he is really tall. John, uh, if for whatever reason the people don't know where to find you in week 16, I know it's ridiculous to even that, but like we've got to get the plugs in just in case for those that are still hanging around. Tell the people where they can find you around all the socials and, and all that good stuff. At not Jay Daigle on Twitter, NBCSportsEdge.com, where I will be going back right after this and updating the waivers since Yahoo was kind enough to push waivers to Thursday. So uh, let's just let's just work and watch football every single week this week. Why the hell not? So uh, I'll be updating the waivers for you if you want to check in an hour just to make sure all your ducks in a row for the COVID list or injuries. I have it all written down behind me. I'd have to make sure everything's sorted and uh, a good football show on iTunes. Rich? Yeah, at Lord Reeves on Twitter. Uh, worksheet, sharp football analysis uh, every Wednesday with my guys Daigle and Zine and Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. You know, I hope everyone, about has, a really, hope everyone has a really good holiday. Um, we'll be back uh, next week, burning it down, uh, heading into New Year. <laughs> you can find Rich on his couch in a couple weeks, uh, catching up in the DVR as well. Or no spoilers. Keep them like spoilers that. off my timeline. Oh, if you put any spoilers in the chat or whatever, you guys are you're banned. That's it. You're out. Uh, one strike. It's a one strike rule. I, I, I've unfollowed people. That dropping spoilers live like you really have to say like oh what a great survivor like you have to take that out there <laughs> all right yeah merry christmas on that note happy holidays <laughs> if you're traveling safe travels everybody stay safe that was the nfl pick six show week 16 rich rebar john daigle that was football i was dean roto runner hit that like button we're out of here Holler!